Well, Harvard Business stated that the cost of losing an employee is about $60,000, with the cost to onboard and recruit being roughly $4,000. Then an investment of 69 months into that employee. It's easy to see why retention is so important for companies. So finding the best fit employee is critical, yet 44% of our veterans leave their first job in year one, followed by 80% in year two. But there's one company that has managed to buck this trend and their veteran retention is upwards of 10 plus years. And so today we're gonna to reveal how they are keeping veterans on their team for more than 10 years. So welcome to the Military Wire with Mike Schindler. This is the podcast where we interview America's most elite men and women who have served this country. We share their stories of overcoming, their proven lessons in leadership, and their journey to finding mission and purpose. So today we've got Chris Patton, in his former life, he was a Marine Corps Master Sergeant. He was one of those guys that when I was in boot camp, I did not want to see. Uh, he worked his way through the HR ranks and now serves as a Human Resources Director at Travelers Insurance, a company that has been around for more than 160 years and has earned a reputation as one of the best property casualty insurers in the industry. In fact, it's the only property casualty company on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It's got 30,000 employees, oh, close to 14,000 independent agents and brokers in the United States, Canada, and the United Kingdom, as well as Ireland. Chris, welcome to the Military Wire. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah, so let's talk about your military experience. I joke about you being a Marine Corps uh, Master Sergeant. I was Navy, so I really didn't see you when I was in boot camp, <laughs> but uh, we heard about the Marines. Um, but you served as one of the few, a, a U.S. Marine. How did your military experience kind of shape your corporate experience? Oh, absolutely. Thank you for that question, Mike. So for me, uh, from the standpoint of having the 20 years in the military and coming out, it really centered around discipline, you know, coming to work every day, putting the time in, doing your job, and really a thirst for knowledge. And I think when you're a military guy, you really want to understand how things work. You want to do a great job for your manager. And you really want to work in an environment where, environment where people are coming to work, doing their job each and every day. So for me, it was this solid foundation from a discipline standpoint, along with a thirst for knowledge and really wanting to adjust to the, to the environment outside the military. Um, and and what, I've done, what I've done with that, Mike, is, you know, when I was in graduate school and undergraduate school, I spent a lot of time with people that were not in the military that were my classmates. So I wanted to figure out how I could adjust once my 20 years had expired. Yeah, see, that's interesting because there's some, there's this mindset that, wait a second, I've served my country and now people need to conform to me. And you took the opposite approach, which I think is the right approach, as a matter of fact, is you adapted to your environment. And do you find uh, that those who are effective and succeed in corporate, especially based on your experience, are the ones, are, are the veterans who do exactly that? Oh, absolutely. I think that any job you, you're going to work with, any company you're going to work for, there's a certain culture you have to be uh, attuned to. And I think that when you're working for a company and you understand how things get done, for example, you know, if you're a new employee coming from the military, becoming a person that's going to be, as we call, onboarded to a company, knowing what the, something as simple as where the restrooms are, you know, make it, knowing something as simple as how do I talk to this person to get things done in a very effective and efficient way. So for me, it was it was trying to take what I've learned from the military, move that over to the civilian sector, and really partner with those folks as well because they're now they're your new family. And they're, yeah. those are people that are going to watch out for you and just take care of you. And, and, and I'll say this also, Mike, that 
people love military people coming into their organization, uh, and we'll get into this in a minute, but we're a big-time military employer, but every person I've talked to in my organization and other organizations really want someone from the military to come in and really help them out and really uh, bring some of those skills they, they, they learned in the military. Well, let's talk about that. I want to unpack that a little bit because that's a, that's an interesting point. You say that, you know, companies love and organizations love to hire vets, but I, I opened this episode talking about how veterans, and if we look at the unemployment rate too, veteran unemployment is lower than their civilian counterpart. So we mm-hmm. see the data, we see that they're quick to get hired, but we also see that, you know, that the data, the Corn Ferry Institute did that study, and so they're also quick to leave according to the data. Um, why so so you being an HR, how does that impact how your counterparts uh, other folks in a view veterans? Does it have a negative on how they view veterans? I don't think so. I think what we try to do is, you know, from from my company from a traveler's perspective, we try to hire the most qualified person. Sure. And many times that both that most qualified person is a veteran. So when you get that veteran in and, you know, like I said, people are very receptive to folks coming in from a military environment because they know you're going to come to work every day, you're going to do your job, you're going to be very obedient, you're going to provide some some uh, direction, you're going to be a visionary. So we are, are always looking for people that are veterans that could come in and provide an impact. And typically uh, it's an immediate impact, you know, based on what you bring to the table. And I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, I was uh, One of my uh, coworkers was saying that she basically uh, – Work for a company. She there was a meeting at like three o'clock or whatever. As a military person, you're you're trained to come to the meeting and arrive at the meeting at two forty-five, right. two fifty, or whatever, right? <laughs> That's She's right. There at two forty-five. No one else is there, right? So, uh, and and she she presented this on one of our our our, our broadcasts uh, from a company perspective. But she was saying that it took her a while to realize. Okay, the meeting's at three o'clock. I probably need to get there about two fifty-eight or three o'clock, or whatever, <laughs> maybe. <right? laughs> yeah, just a diff- different environment. But uh, I will tell you one of the challenges that I have had was really being too militaristic. And what I'm saying uh, with that is. You have to get buy-in when you're trying to get something accomplished. We know, Mike, in the military in the past, it's like do what I say, do what I what I'm asking you to do because I said so. Yeah. Or, you know, and in the other environment, it's almost like you have to have the art of persuasion. How do I get these mm-hmm. people that are on my same level to work on a team with me where we are going to move forward and accomplish the goal? So there's a lot of negotiation. There's a lot of give and take. It's not as simple as do it because I said so. Yeah, that's really good. I love that art of persuasion. You know, I'm a parent, so I've got two daughters. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I think as a parent, you begin to learn the art of persuasion. I've really tried to, you know, uh, move away from my military training um, and not use that because I said so. Uh, and, and sometimes when I fail to do that, my daughters remind me that I, I better get better at persuasion. So I think that's a good fit. That's great. There's, and, and, Mike, if I could add, if I could add yeah. something else, I'm sorry, real quick. Yeah, so no, we try to, another thing we try to do, Mike, is, you know, when we look at a military occupation, for example, if you were an MP or a CID agent, we do have an investigative team or an investigative arm that we could bring those people into. So what I would recommend, and it goes back to what you were saying about people leaving organizations quickly, find something that's really a good fit for what you've done in the military or something that you want to do. Uh, and really find that out, uh, figure that out early on, because who wants to travel from company to company to company figuring out what you want to do? Have a good idea in your mind when you get out of the military. Do your research as far as going to other organizations. Join some outside organizations such as Society for Human Resources Management and other ones and really understand what am I going to face when I walk out these doors? Because I'm telling you, sometimes it's, it's an awakening. 
Yeah, that's a great point. And, and, and I think that has been a common theme that we found is folks really encouraging those who are transitioning to identify what is your core competency and what does your best year ever look like on a professional setting? What is that company? Dissect that. Be sure you dissect that. And I want to talk about what you guys are doing on a company level, Chris, because this is pretty interesting to me. You know, I share that data that a lot of companies lose veterans, you know, 80% of veterans, in, you know, in a two-year time frame. And you guys are holding on to your veterans. So what are you guys doing? What is Travelers doing to not only engage veterans, but to retain those veterans that you hire? Yeah, great question. So a couple of things. So basically from a company standpoint, uh, you know, we have what we call a diversity network, sometimes referred to as an affinity group. Uh, we have about 1,000 military folks that are in that network. Uh, we're a 30,000 employee company, so about a thousand of our, uh, folks that are veterans that are in that network. We provide information to the veterans. We provide, uh, um, training for our veterans within that particular, uh, veterans diversity network. Along with that, Mike, we also have over 3,100 people that are in that network that are not veterans, families and friends of veterans. So those mm-hmm. people get that information as well. So what we do is stay closely connected to our veterans. We ask our veterans to help us recruit other veterans because they can say, hey, you know what, Travelers is a great place to work. It's a great culture. You should come on board with us here. So we, we do a lot of uh, promoting with, within within our own veterans group and also asking those folks, go out into, to your veterans network and let those folks know we do have openings uh, where you can come and work. Uh, to piggyback to, to on that, it's all about culture. And, you know, I've worked for many companies outside of the military. Travelers have a great culture, you know, very collaborative a culture where you can really do uh, a lot of things as far as advancing your career. And they, we, we typically give people mentors and folks that are going to help them throughout their career. So to answer your question, it's all about having high touch points with the military folks. And I think that helps us out a great deal. Yeah, and it sounds like you're building community. You're building that support network, which is something that we're so accustomed to in the military. It's having that, you know, the action plan, the support network. And it sounds like you guys are building community um, but what I love about what you just said, too, Chris, is it's not just limited to those who are in the military, but you allow outside folks who have never served but are connected in some way to be a part of that. And I think that creates – it sounds like it's creating a great culture. I mean, you guys got the data to prove it. I mean, so I, on, on average, your veterans are staying how long with your company? About 10 years, typically, yeah. About ten years. So uh, yeah, so we we typically have folks that are, that are staying with our company because we put them on a on a track as far as uh, you know getting them into a career, getting getting them the appropriate training, which is really important. And there is sometimes you know, you're a military guy, you've had all these responsibilities. Sometimes you have to take a step back to take two steps forward, right? So Good. you may have to take a step back from a training standpoint. But we try to paint the picture that at the end of the day, at the end of this process, here's where you're going to be. Here's how, you know, your skills are going to help us achieve our goals from a company perspective. And we've been very successful with that. Oh, that's awesome. So what what are kind of the staples to a great, you said a diversity network, otherwise known as an affinity group. What would you say are the key staples to having a successful affinity group? Communication. So our military folks are within the military veterans diversity network, which I'm a part of. We basically have communication probably twice a month or sometimes more than that about different activities going on throughout the country, 
throughout the company. We also have a, a webcast where folks can jump on the webcast and, and see what's going on with our military networks as well and what, from a company perspective as well. So I think for us, it's all about communication and it's all about engagement. So we'll have a meeting of, of veterans and let's say it could be our St. Louis office where there'll be four or five veterans around our table. They'll watch a company broadcast or a podcast or whatever you want to call it about the military veterans network. And then we'll have a kind of a lunch and learn. What did you learn from that particular uh, broadcast. What can we do better? And that feedback goes right back up to the, the folks that are running our military diversity network, and we provide that and, and try to do some good things along associated with that. So it centers around information, feedback, and action is what we try to do. Mm, that's good. Well, it, I, I love that you said communication because that's the key to every success almost, right? Uh, to to yeah. over-communicate in many ways. So Chris, this is so good. I'm, I, I, I think there's so many people that are going to learn not only what they should do if they're transitioning out of the military into companies, but even for other companies to learn from how you guys are effectively holding on and retaining veterans is really powerful. Uh, what would you say is the one piece of advice you would give those who are transitioning that you believe would uh, like transform or positively improve their transition in the civilian network? What is it? Have a plan. Right. You know, I think you need to have a plan as far as where do you want to be? You know where you were in the military. You had a plan in the military because you came up through the ranks. You got promoted at certain times within your career. Have a plan on where you see yourself in two, three, five years from now. Don't just take a job for the sake of taking a job and getting and being employed. Take that job that's going to be associated with a career. You know, here's where you're going to be in four years and talk to your employer during the interview process, have them outline that to you. Where can this job go within four or five years? How can I grow within this position? What are the expectations of me within this particular position? So uh, you'll, you'll find that you, you come in at a certain level within the organization, but performance always wins at the end of the day. And if you're a performer, you're going to get promoted. And many times, Mike, when you get promoted, it's not the position that you've posted for. It's people tapping you on the shoulder saying, hey, Mike, you know, you're doing a great job in this area. We have an opening coming up here or there. So mm -hmm. it's all about do, doing the work and getting noticed. That's what it's about in my mind. Yes, you brought something up, and I, I'm kind of going off script on this, Chris, uh, so just roll with me on this piece. But sure. you you mentioned, you know, key questions. Uh, you know, where can I go in this position? You know, kind of time frame. I have found that those who are transitioning or those who are in the job hunt oftentimes are intimidated to ask those type of questions because their they're thinking is, man, i got to get a job. And what you're saying is, wait, hold back. Be sure that you're asking key questions, and from your perspective, those are the questions they should be asking, correct? Well, yeah, because that shows insight, right? And the other piece is interview, interviews are a two-way street. The company's interviewing you, and you're interviewing the company. So it could be a good match for the company. It may not be a great match for you. Yeah, so you have to understand, you know, you, you have to understand, hey, I want to make sure I'm getting in, into a position to be successful. I want to make sure this is where I want to be two, three, four, or five years from now. Uh, but, again, my big point is you are conducting an interview with that company, and you need to make sure you're 100% comfortable before you take that job offer and before you start working. So I think even if you take a job offer and you say, you know what, I've thought about this, this is not the right fit for me, I'll tell you most companies would rather have, would prefer that you say no before you start, come on board, than leave them after you've come on board. Well, no question. I mean, if we just go back to how we, enter, you know, intro this thing, you know, the, the $60,000, you know, for a bad employee, right? You know, for a bad hire, you know, somebody that leaves, that's a lot of money. So, 
Yeah, so Travelers, like most companies, I've got to believe, is is always looking for great talent. Um, what is the profile of a veteran who succeeds with you all? Great. Good, good question. So, you know, really thinking about the things that you've learned in the military, and don't be afraid to bring those things over to the new environment. You know, you may say, well, Travelers or another company has been in business for X amount of years. They already know this, those things. Don't you believe it? Because you can always bring something new to the table. It could be something as simple as, hey, let's make sure we have enough lead time on these meetings. Whatever skills you brought from another organizational standpoint in the military, those are very easily transferable to, that, to, to your new position outside the military. You know, the attention to detail. You know, and sometimes you have to say to your manager, hey, manager, uh, I was, I've been thinking about this. We did this in the military. This was very effective. Uh, I think we can implement this here. Here's how I think we should do it. So it's all about proactive, giving suggestions, talking about how you can implement things, and really having uh, your military experience married with the mission of the company and really making sure that you get that information out. Because many times, Mike, as military folks, we're very quiet, right? We yeah. do what we're told. But I think you have to go be outside your comfort zone and really speak up and talk to people about what you're thinking and what you're feeling. And just from a personal experience standpoint, you know, my manager, you know, her name is Judy Lynn, has really helped me as far as coming out of my comfort zone, coming out of my shell, speaking up, doing some great things, and really honoring what we've done in the military and bringing that over to what I'm doing with, with our team right now. Mm, that's awesome. So how do they learn more about your company? Because i got to believe you guys are hiring. And so if people wanted to learn more about the positions that are open, where do they go? How do they find you? What are some ways that they could get in touch? I am so glad you asked. <laughs> so yeah. uh, you, you want to go to careers.travelers.com and then slash military. Careers.travelers.com and then slash military. So that'll give you information about the company. And I would, I would, uh, encourage folks to read about the company, read about our history, because you know how it works, Mike. When you go into an interview, if you have that good knowledge about the company, the stocks, about the leadership team, about anything related to the company, it looks like you're more engaged in the process as opposed to just showing up for an interview and, and just answering questions. So, and, and again, throughout the interview process, some additional information, you need to ask questions throughout the interview process. What, who's your who's your main competitor? You know, what are we doing to make sure that we are beating the competitor? Those type of things have to come out throughout the interview process. That shows that you're engaged in the process. You want to be part of the company. You want to be part of the solution. You're not just going through the interview process, as I mentioned earlier, just to get a job. Mm, that's so good. You know, one of the things that we do, uh, we share with our guys to, to ask, one of the questions, and I want your feedback on this, Chris, is when you ask that question, you know, as an HR to me, as a, a potential new employee, you know, what questions do you have? Is it appropriate for me to ask a question like, well, Chris, if there's one thing that I could help you solve, one problem, one challenge that I could help you solve this year, what would it be? Is that a good question? That's a great question. I think that's a question where you, you thought about different things that you want to try to help the company. Now, some things are kind of proprietary, right? But sure. other pieces could be things that they will talk to you about. They could say, We'd like to help you increase. We'd like you to help us increase our diversity recruiting. Uh, we'd like to help you, you to help us increase our military recruiting. Those type of things are really important, you know. And 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 getting back to that point earlier, you know, any question you can ask is going to show some sort of initiative. And you know, when you get into these meetings at the end of the day, Mike, and you have five managers around the table and they're talking about, hey, you know, we had five candidates. What set Mike apart from everyone else? 
well, you know what? He asked questions about the company. He wanted to know our long-term plans. He wanted to know what our long-term goals were. He was he he, he uh, was really very very uh, impressive as far as those questions. Is the, the the margin for error is just that slim. So anything you can ask that shows a vision, that shows you're thinking about things, that's going to help you when, when we have those conversations about who we're going to bring on board. Mm, I love this. I love this. Okay, so Chris, thank you for being on this show. Uh, to, to learn more about Travelers, be sure you visit Travelers.com to do your research. But to learn about the careers at Travelers, go to careers.travelers.com slash military. Chris, is there, do you encourage people to get in touch with you directly or just stick with the website? They can stick with the website. I mean, we have some some folks that would that can help out. But uh, you know, our person that runs our military, and really our recruiting is Jim McMahon. He's out of Hartford, Connecticut. But they could, you know, they could contact me at uh, C Patton, C P A T T O N at Travelers dot com, and I'd be happy to help out anyone who needs help. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thanks, Chris. Guys, to learn more, again, visit Travelers at Travelers dot com, and again, that Careers dot Travelers dot com. Military, And if you're transitioning and you want to discover your post-service identity, be sure you guys reach out to us at OperationMilitaryFamily.com and we can discuss how you can start your plan and really get on your best year ever after transition. Chris, thanks again for being on the show. Thank you, Mike.